You know, there's uh, nothing quite like a, a great football game. You know, you get two teams hit, hit the field, they're disciplined, they're functioning right. And it's kind of a combination of athleticism and power and strength and skill. And it's really something to behold. You, you've seen it, I've seen it. Uh, those, those diving catches, those long runs, shoestring tackles. I love an effective uh, blitz or to just see a quarterback get sacked unless it's my quarterback and then I'm not happy. But it's the kind of stuff that brings a crowd to its feet. Now, when football is played properly, it's great. But it can also be really ugly. I mean, can't it? You ever seen a really ugly game when teams are not disciplined, when players are, are kind of doing their own thing, uh, games end up marred, there's a lot of fighting, there, there's fumbles, there's blown patterns, interceptions, turnovers. It's ugly, it's horrible, and it's not a lot of fun to, to watch. It just, uh, it's not. The fact is it can, you kind of watch and you go, well, that's horrible. That's just bad. It's just bad. But it's a way football is. And when a game's bad, it makes you want to turn the TV off or even leave the game early. You know, we're in this series in the zone, and we're talking about parents and families getting in the zone with God. Because when we're in the zone, and we're in the zone with God, we realize the important, incredible responsibility that we have been given, the, the, how important our roles are as, as parents uh, as I'm realizing now, and as grandparents. And when you're in the zone, you end up spending your energy and your time pursuing things that, that really matter. And we're doing something a little odd around here, I guess, but we're paralleling in this series, we're paralleling the family with athletics. And the biblical writers often compared the Christian life to an athlete's life, and so it's not that much of a jump. And so today, we're going to parallel the family to football. And yes, there is life after baseball. Any football fans out there? (laughs) All right, just for fun. On three, yell out your favorite team. One, two, three. (laughs) I think I heard a lot of Steelers out there. Yeah. You know, much like football, the family, the family is really something to behold. When the family is disciplined, when love is flowing in the family, when there is an abundance of, of grace and understanding, there, there's the, this focus that a family has. And when it's working, I believe it brings a crowd to its feet. It's noticed. And yet, when a family is not functioning properly, it's not a pretty sight. In fact, sometimes it gets very ugly. And the thing is, what we're going to talk about today, if you don't do the things we're going to talk about today, I believe when you hit the field of play that your family will be marred. It will be marred with fights a lot of fumbles and a lot of, a lot of turnovers. So you ready for some football today? Yeah. Are you ready for some football? Yeah. All right, all right. I decided I was going to call this message intentional grounding because we're going to talk about discipline. 
So it seemed to fit. So I heard the other day uh, about a teacher that noticed a student that was making faces during class. And so the teacher knelt down and, you know, talked to the kid and said, Bobby, when I was your age, I was told if I made an ugly face like that, it might freeze that way. Little Bobby looked up and he goes, well, can't say you weren't warned, you know. (laughs) You probably all heard about little boy, you put him him to bed and about five minutes after dad got him in bed, he's like, dad. He's like, what? He goes, I'm thirsty. Could you bring me something to drink? His dad said, no, you had your chance. You're in bed. You're in bed now. About five minutes later, dad, you know, what? I'm thirsty. Could you bring me something to drink? He says, no. If you ask again, I'm going to spank you. Five minutes later, little boy, Dad, when you come in to spank me, could you bring me something to drink? (laughs) You know. (laughs) When discipline's discussed, anytime I've talked on the topic, there are all kinds of opinions on the topic. And there are all kinds of questions that get brought up on the topic. And overall, when, when I talk to parents, there's this kind of an attitude of a little bit of confusion. You know, how far do you go? When do you hold the line as, as a parent? When do you back off? And so before we jump in and, and start talking about discipline, I, I want to say that it is impossible for me to address all the complexities. Discipline's this gigantic topic. But what I want to do this morning, I want to kind of simplify things. Uh, look, look at the, how we're going to go about making play calls, so to speak. Share kind of the cliff notes on this. Highlight some of the plays in the playbook. And save parents, and this really is my objective, to save parents a boatload of pain and anxiety and frustration. Because I do believe the Bible speaks very directly, very succinctly, and very powerfully on the topic of discipline. So here's the first thing we're going to talk about. Parents, you must function as a ground crew for your kids. And what I'm talking about is you've got to line off the playing field for your children. Parents, you've got to give your kids a field in which they can work. I mean, it's, it's great that you could give them a beautifully manicured playing field. It's great that you may suit them up and give them stunning uniforms to wear. You can give them inspirational talks, but it's not enough. When they're on the field of play, parents, you have to mark off the field for them. You have to help them figure out what is what. You've got to put the goal lines in place. You've got to put the sidelines in place and the hash marks. You have to show your children boundaries. And those boundaries need to be clear. I think I've shared this before, but when I was a kid, I uh, played a lot of backyard football. And I always dreamed, I thought, you know, it would be great to have a, a football field in my backyard that had all the lines on it, just like the NFL, you know, it just looked just like that. And so I kind of went with the philosophy that build it and they'll come, you know. And so I went to the store, bought spray paint. I brought, went to the discounted area. So I ended up with really weird colors. Uh, and as I remember, there was blue and orange, mauve and rust. And so it wasn't real pretty colors, but... 
I did a field in the backyard, and I measured it off, and I put lines and tried to get everything real straight. I put the hash marks in. I had goal lines and the whole bit. And what I figured out was our games went a lot better because there weren't as many disputes about things. We were no longer playing with imaginary lines. You know, how many of you played backyard football as a kid? Or Yeah. Well, you know how this goes. You'd have these lines that were very subjective, and you'd go, okay, the corner of the propane tank to the corner of the house is one line, and then it, the field never really was square, and you were always guessing about where the line really was. And so what happened was we didn't have to worry about that anymore. We were able to go, you're out of bounds. And it was a lot easier to call. We could see the line, and we could tell if you were outside the lines or not. The, the only problem we ran into was when we'd mow the grass. And so we'd have to repaint, and we did that for, for a while, and so a lot of the kids in the neighborhood would come help me repaint, and so we were part of a ground crew, sort of, for a while. Parents, you're part of a ground crew. And there are really a couple mistakes that parents make when they're doing this ground crew thing that I see. First of all, the first mistake is constantly changing the parameters for your children. Changing what the goal line is. Changing what the sidelines are, what's out of bounds, where the hash marks are. The, the field of play that your kids are on, it's in a constant state of flux. I mean, what was a, a minor penalty last week, this week now it's a, it's a major penalty in their life. And when kids do not understand what the boundaries are, and they're always changing, it messes them up. It makes them unsure in life. And sometimes, and I've seen it many times, it ends up in major league rebellion Because the child goes, well, I got in trouble for that, and I didn't know that was that, and they're all mixed up. So you got to make sure that you're consistent with your lines. The second thing that I see parents mess up on this one, and this is staggering to me, and it bothers me, is when parents say, hey, I'm going to let my kid mark off their own field and figure out what it is. And so a parent basically looks at their child's life and says, you know what, I'm going to let them find their own way in the world. I'm not going to draw any lines on the playing field. I'll just let them figure it out on their own. And it may sound modern. And it may sound progressive. But the fact is, it is going to come back and bite you. It just will. You know, Scripture says correction and discipline are good for a child, children. If they have their own way, they will make their mothers, I would add fathers there as well, ashamed of them. You know, there, there's the great question. It's been debated for centuries, and that is, uh, are, are babies born with sin? You know, with an inclination towards sin. Or do they develop a bent toward sin because they're influenced by, by a world that's full of sin. And so it's kind of the debate that, that goes on. And the Bible says that we do have a sinful nature. We, we've got this great capacity for goodness and greatness in our life. But we're flawed from birth. If you don't believe me, watch a baby sometimes. 
That little baby's in the swing. Can you picture it? They're swinging back and forth, and you're thinking, oh, so sweet. They're so precious, and they are. But in reality, I'll give you the inside look. They're casing the joint. (laughs) At a very young age, they're watching their two coaches, mom and dad, They're watching dad. He's watching another type of game called football or something on TV. Mom's maybe getting the bottle ready. Sister or brother might be playing on the iPad. Their little brains, they're going full blast. I'm going to take this team over. I'm going to run this team someday. And early on, much earlier than you expect... They're going to test the boundaries. They will test them. They will press them. Proverbs twenty-two fifteen says, children do foolish things. But if you punish them, they will learn not to do them. Friends, we are created. We are fashioned to live on the playing field doing life the way that God would have us do life. Now, how many of you caught uh, Monday Night Football this week? It, it wasn't a pretty game, I'll, I'll be honest with you, but uh, the Steelers and Chargers were playing. It, it was a 24-20 game. Steelers won on the last play of the game. There was five seconds left on the clock. They, they ran the Wildcat offense, and running back uh, Le'Veon Bell, he took the direct snap. Now, normally the quarterback takes it, but he's the running back, and he took the snap, And he got stopped on the two-yard line, and somehow he just kept churning his legs, and he spun off the defender, and he reached out over the goal line and broke it for a touchdown. And they they touched down, Steeler Nation went wild, I went crazy, time expiring. I mean, it was one of them. It's a great moment. The announcers, they're talking about the play. They're waiting for the touchdown to be concerned, Uh, confirmed, and so they're playing it over and over. You know how they do this, right? They just keep playing the play over and over and over and over. And it was interesting because John Gruden, at a point, he goes, it's a touchdown. It's a touchdown. He got the ball across. It's a touchdown. And then he said something very interesting. He said, Le'Veon has worked really hard in the offseason. But he said, you can't teach. You can't teach that kind of move. And what's Gruden saying there? When he says, you can't teach that kind of move. Well, what he's saying is, Le'Veon's worked really hard. He's developed his skills and his talents. But there's something that's beyond that. You know, it may be genetics. It may be a natural inclination. It may be intuitiveness on his part. But he just knew what to do. Well, if an announcer, if they were to watch your life and mine, if they were to watch us perform, They'd watch us foul up and mess up and fall short. And we all do, by the way. From the time we're in that baby swing forward, if they were to watch us in those moments when we mess up, they would say, you cannot teach that. They have a natural bent towards sin. Wise parents mark off the field for their kids. 
wise parents show their kids very clear boundaries and goals and hash marks and all that stuff. Every time you enforce the boundaries in your household, you're part of the ground crew. Every time you discipline your children, every time you do that, you are mimicking your maker. The creator of this universe set things in in motion and put the boundaries in. Writer of Hebrews, he writes they, and when he says they, he's talking about parents, moms and dads here. They discipline us for a little while as they thought best. Our parents did that. But God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time. That's true, isn't it? No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. However, later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by it. We serve a God who loves us so much that he disciplines us. You ever been disciplined? It's not fun. Moms, dads, if you love your children, I want to challenge you to get the spray cans out. I want to challenge you to line off the field and make sure that your kids understand what the parameters are. Because when you do that, you you also need to make sure that it lines up with God's word that it's honoring God. You know, are you doing the ground crew thing in your life? Are you, are you doing the boundaries? Are they clear? Ask yourself that. Are our boundaries clear in our household? And are they God-honoring? I guarantee you it will serve your family well. You'll thank me someday. Parents, here's the second thing. You've got to put on a referee's uniform. Function as an official in your household. Call a consistent game. It is a stressful job. You will take abuse, just like officials do. People will boo you. Players will whine. I know that's hard to believe, isn't it? They may even get in your face. But great officials, they're consistent, aren't they? I mean, what if you were watching a game this afternoon? You're watching one of the NFL games. And what if there are all these blatant violations on the field? You know, roughing the passer, clipping, illegal use of hands, face masking, whatever. What if if the referee, I want you to imagine this for a minute. Your favorite team, they just grab the face mask of someone on your team. And so the official, he, uh, instead of throwing a flag, instead of blowing the whistle, he just walked over to the guy that just was responsible for face masking and said, hey, you know, don't worry about it. I know you didn't mean to do it. It's, it's okay, you know. So there's no flag, no penalty. What do you think is going to happen next play? It's going to happen again and again and again, and the game's going to get awful, and then there's going to be a lot of injuries, and there's going to be fights, and it'll get really ugly out there. No one would want to watch a game like that. You don't want to participate in a game like that. But yet sometimes parents, when their children mess up, they they threaten to throw the flag, but they don't. They just don't do it. I've shared this before. It it just burned in my memory. We were on vacation. This was several years ago. And hour after hour, 
day after day after day after day. You're getting the point here? We're at the pool, and there's a lady there. She's got her son. He's about, I don't know, he's probably eight or nine years old. This is what we heard most of the, most of the time. Michael, if you do that again... Michael, don't make me get out of this chair. Michael, if I get out of this chair, you are going to be in so much trouble. Michael, don't do that. Michael, and on and on and on. Now, the fact is, this was years ago. You, you can tell by the way I'm sharing this story, I, I, it, it did something to me. It was all I could do. And, I, and I'm really serious. There came a point where I almost went over to her and said, would you like me to help you up? <laughs> I can help you get out of the chair. I can help you throw the flag. I've even got some good ideas about the penalties that should be involved here. My greater worry, because I could almost see the handwriting on the wall, He's in high school. Michael, you missed curfew again by two hours. Michael, I'm thinking about throwing a flag. Don't make me throw a flag. Michael. Parents, you got to step into this one. I, I know sometimes people step in, they get really close to assessing the penalty. You know, sometimes they they finally throw the flag, blow the whistle or whatever. They make various hand gestures. (laughs) They get really wound up. And then the moment of truth comes. And they don't take away any yardage. And they don't penalize. And they don't really do anything. I don't know why. I mean, I think some are afraid. I, th- I think sometimes people think parenting's a popularity contest. I know sometimes people say, well, I want to be their friend. You're their parent. Be a parent. Be a parent first. Let me give you some basic tips on, on calling a very consistent game as a parent. You need to start at the kickoff. You need to start when they're little. Sometimes, I don't know why, but you'll see parents and they'll go, well, we're going to wait till the second half, wait till they're a teenager, and then we're going to start dealing with that kind of stuff. Start blowing the whistle now. Start throwing the flags now. Start when they're in the little swing. Assess the penalties early on. It will serve you well. Penalize in private. When at all possible, penalize in private. When you watch a football game, what happens when someone commits a penalty? They, they take and they zoom in, they circle who, who did the, the penalty, the announcer goes, ah, oh, it's number 84 here. And then the camera zooms in on the, on the referee that walks over to the intercom, pushes the intercom button, holding, 84, offense, 10-yard penalty, repeat third down. And everybody goes, ooh, 84 blew it. You know, I can't believe that. You want to crush your child's spirit? If you want to dismantle your child very systematically, 
You correct them and you discipline them in public in front of their friends. I talk to grown adults who remember the hurt and the pain. And sometimes there's a lot of venom when they're sharing it of being disciplined in public. And what I'm suggesting, let's just say you're at the restaurant. Go outside and handle whatever needs to be done. Handle it one-on-one. They will thank you. If I happen to be eating at that restaurant, I will thank you. And then remember this. When you're disciplining, each of your children are unique. How many of you have more than one child? How many of you have figured out? They're very different, aren't they? Yeah, you thought you had it figured out on the first one. And then the second one comes along. Don't always throw the flag the same way. Don't always assess the same penalty. Children are different. Uh, Remember, here's the goal of disciplining. It's to correct the behavior, whatever it is. I raised two girls. My two girls, very different from each other. I had one one daughter, and when she would mess up, all I'd have to say to her, I'd go in and say, Cheryl, that was wrong. And she would well up in tears. And most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, we never had a problem with whatever it was that we talked about. Now, she would go on and figure out other things to get involved in that we had to have those conversations, but that's just how she operated. Conversely, my other daughter, she would test the limits. If, if I had talked to her the way I did her sister, she would have been like, yeah, whatever. And so I had to up the ante a little bit. And I'd be like, Connie, look at me. This is wrong. It will not be tolerated. You have a choice to make. And I would give her the options. Now, if you know my daughters, I've changed the names to protect the guilty here, but uh, they're actually Stacy and Alicia are my daughters. But um, Proverbs says, discipline your children while there's hope. Think about that. Discipline your children while there's hope. Now it gets really poignant. Otherwise, you will ruin their lives. If you love your children, you will discipline them. You are influencing their future. You are setting the the stage for what will take place in the future. Here's the third thing as parents. We've got to function as coaches. We've got to function as coaches. Coaches have to be unified. Coaches have to be working out of the same playbook together. Kids learn at a very early age to play one coach against another coach. It is a very effective play, by the way. I don't blame them for trying it, but you can't let them get by with it. Here's here's what these little rookies do. Let's say you have a son, all right? So your son asks mom for permission to do something, and mom says, no, not going to do it. So the son, because he's a sharp rookie, the son waits till dad gets home. And then he goes to dad and says, well, dad, I want to do such and such, but mom says I can't. 
Dads, it's a moment of truth. If you cater, you are messing up as a parent. You're taking apart the unity of the coaching staff in your household. Unified decisions, unified decisions. Sure, kids are going to try the end run. That's just their nature. They're, they're going to try and, and get by with something. They may not tell you that mom already said no. That's just how, how they operate. But you need to learn that when they've already been told no, that they're going to get a no from you. And there's a couple things you need to learn to ask so that if they are trying to end run, run and uh, get by with something, you can catch them in it. Question them. Uncover that they have attempted and already talked to your spouse about it, that they're trying to make the end run. If, if your child asks you something and you're not sure what the answer is, make them wait. Say, I need to talk that over with your mom. I need to talk that over with dad. And, and spend some time. It's okay to say, I don't know. Present a unified front. Unified front as parents. If you don't, you are setting your household up for problems. You are. Now, there's a couple of things I just want to address, and I wasn't sure where to, where to place it, but when it comes to discipline, and this is going to be a challenge for some of you, sometimes as a parent, you have to go and apologize to your kids. When you mess up, when you mess up and you go too far with something, or when you mess up and you don't go far enough with something, you need to learn to apologize to them. Many times as parents, you will get it right. But every parent, every parent that's raised their children look back and they go, man, I blew it here. I should have done this or I shouldn't have done this or whatever. And when you mess up, you just need to go and ask your kids for forgiveness. See, here's the deal. They know you messed up. They're just wondering if mom and dad will come clean about messing up. And I know some of you right now, you're going, yeah, yeah, well, my kids are grown. That was years ago. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, it does, parents. I don't care how old your children are. You know, drop them a note. Send them a note and say, hey, I wish I'd have done this different. You know, pick up the phone. You know, tell them, hey, I was wrong on this one. Take some ownership. It matters to them. It matters to them. Now I want to say something to grown children that are here. Do not spend your life whining and moaning and pointing your finger and blaming your parents and the home that you grew up in and going, well, if my parents had been better coaches, you know, my life would have been a lot different. If, if my parents weren't so awful, this would have been a better life. I am just dysfunctional because of my parents. Well, I got a newsflash for you. We all come from dysfunctional families, all of us. None of them are perfect. None of them. Now, granted, you may have had parents, and it may have been off the chain, and it was awful. And I'm sorry for that. But you got to let it go. I mean, maybe they've apologized. Maybe they haven't. 
Maybe they ask for forgiveness. Maybe they will never ask for forgiveness. But let me challenge you. Get on your knees and just tell God about it and release them and forgive them. If your parents ask for forgiveness, give it to them. See, the Bible says that we forgive. Why? Because we're forgiven. And if we don't forgive, it really raises the question, says, well, why would Jesus forgive you? And besides that, when you forgive, it sets you free. It sets you free. You're not holding them hostage. You're setting yourself free when you say, enough's enough, I forgive them. Here's the other thing I wasn't sure where to put. What do you do when you feel like you're going to get an unsportsmanlike conduct call? You know, when you're tempted, how many parents have ever been tempted to throw the headsets down and throw a tantrum in the middle of something? We've all been there, right? I'm not the only one, right? <laughs> We've all been there. What do you do in that moment when they've just they've pushed every button they can push? Do you discipline right then? No. You step back from the situation. You regain your composure. You assess the penalty later. And, and tell them, tell them, you're getting penalized for this, but I need some time to think down, think about it and to cool down. And here's the really sweet part if you want the upside of this. They will sweat and sweat and sweat until they hear. They'll be like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Well, I'll just tell you later. I'll tell you later. I'm going to tell you tomorrow what the penalty is, whatever. Parents, don't be hard on your children. Raise them properly. Teach them and instruct them about the Lord. I'm going to say it again. Discipline with purpose. Not just because you can Discipline is about disciplining and instructing. They go together. They're not separated. They go together. A little acrostic I've used uh, for years. It helped me a lot in the whole discipline area. And it's the acrostic deal. D, D stands for discernment. Discernment. Every parent here needs to pray for an extra kind of a layer or measure of discernment in their life. You need discernment, don't you? You need discernment to understand how to line off the field, to how to make the right calls as a parent, how to discipline your, your children in an age-appropriate fashion, because it changes all the time. Just about the time you get it figured out, it changes again. I was thinking back to my childhood, and I was trying to think of the, the best act of discipline, and there were many, trust me, and, and I grew up. I, I, was a, I was a challenge, all right? I know, hard to believe, right? <laughs> but I was a challenge. But I was thinking about what was the, the best discipline my parents ever dished out to me. And I, I think, I'll never forget this, let's put it that way. I, I was in fourth grade. We had just moved to a new community. And uh, my neighbor had one of those big bird baths. And I, I do not know why, because it really wasn't my nature to be destructive. Uh, but I bet my buddy that I could run and turn over the bird bath. And so I ran over in her yard. I 
flipped that bird bath and took off running. And as I'm running back, I hear this crash. It broke in like a million pieces. Just destroyed it. So then I'm, I'm feeling, I feel bad, but I'm like, okay, nobody knows but my buddy. It's the flawless crime. About 10 minutes went by. I hear my mom, Damon Lee. That, see, second name, I knew I was dead meat. I slowly went back to the house. They threw the flag. I I was busted. And and my parents did something very brilliant. I'll never forget. At a point in the conversation, they said, Damon, you know the money you've been saving? After you go apologize to her, we're going to the store. And you're going to buy her another bird bath. And you're going to get her the best bird bath they have. And I remember the walk over to her house, at the face her one-on-one. And then I remember going to the store. And I remember standing in the checkout, and saying, one birdbath, please. I also had to weed her garden all summer. And every week I would go over to weed her garden. I had to look at that stupid birdbath. It was right next to the garden. And the whole time I'm like, I hate that birdbath. I hate birds. I, I can't stand birdbaths, you know. That's discernment, isn't it? It's kind of kind of funny. I've got a bird bath in my backyard now. <laughs> got cameras on it. I keep an eye on it. No, 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 no I don't. But it, no kidding. Every time I fill that bird bath or I'm scrubbing it out, I I think about I think about the that moment and I think about that garden and all, all it just all comes flooding back. E. Enlighten. Enlighten. You need to use discipline as a teaching moment. Use it to drive home a point, whatever it is. Discipline for the sake of discipline just doesn't cut it. Discipline on purpose, discipline for a purpose, discipline and teach, discipline and teach. A, affirm, affirm, especially when it comes to discipline, it is important that you affirm your relationship with your children. You know, that they, they know that they're loved. I, I'd suggest you say something like, like this to them when you're disciplining them and say, you know what, God loves you and I love you. In fact, I love you so much, I am not going to allow you to get, a, get away with this. And you affirm the relationship. And L, you love them. You love them. When it comes to discipline, you cannot leave this out. And I know sometimes because of whatever's happened, it's really hard. It's really hard. You don't like what they did, but you got to let them know that you love them. I will tell you, having raised my kids, that some of the most precious moments in my whole parenting career usually was when I was embracing my children after an act of discipline. And I can tell you as a grandparent, that's also true. 
that it's after the discipline, that those are very cherished, sweet, precious moments. Parents challenge you to do the deal when it comes to to parenting. You know, when it comes to to disciplining your children, that that you work hard on it. I said when I opened the message that there, there's nothing quite like a great football game. I love football. You know, when the teams are disciplined, when they're doing the right stuff out on the field, it's a combination of pageantry and skill and athleticism and strength, and it really is something to behold. It's something to watch. But I've got to tell you something. There's nothing quite like watching great families. You know, when the team's disciplined when they're running right, when they're playing within the parameters that have been set forth by the ground crew, when, when they're calling the, the plays consistently over and over, when the, when the team's being coached and coached well, friends, the family's beautiful. It really is. It really is. Let, let's bow in a word of prayer together. Our holy God, God, we praise you And God, I pray that um, all the parents in this place that uh, we'd really step back and take a look at how we discipline, why we discipline. You just bring to light some of the inconsistencies maybe we have. God, that we would always honor you with the field we're laying out for our children. And God, all of us, we're going to make mistakes along the way. It's not a perfect process. But God, I pray that uh, we'd recognize those moments, that uh, we would give those moments to you, that those times when we are inconsistent or we fail or make mistakes, that uh, you'd just cover in the gap, that you'd fill it in, help us through God, we just thank you for uh, our parents, the things that they did teach us well. Those things that at the time, oh, it was painful, but we're appreciative. We recognize the importance of it. God, we just give you the glory. We give you the praise with everything we say and do. God's people said, amen.